Hello, everybody, and welcome to another. Well, that, dang, that wasn't exciting at all. I came in, I was like focusing on a couple of. Th- <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. Woo! Uh, this is the first episode of 2023. Welcome back, y'all. We did it, we made it to another one. Uh, I saw this hilarious meme. Uh, some of you might have seen it, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was like uh, 2022 was the year of the tiger, and look how that went. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen with 2023 because it's the year of the rabbit. And then it showed a picture of the rabbit, and it was the the fucking vampire rabbit from Brer Marg or whatever that is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The gnashing of teeth. The that look at. Look at it. That that rabbit. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh I didn't have that on man, I oh, look at this. This is how uh this is how twenty twenty three is gonna go, I think. Yeah, I have my bass in my hand. I've been playing bass quite a bit, practicing, getting some songs under my belt. We're gonna have band practice again tomorrow, first practice of twenty twenty three and through a couple new things in the mix and trying some new stuff. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be doing that, getting that playing down, you know, all the good stuff. Um, yeah, just thought I'd come in here, check it out, you know, talk about my new year's resolutions, talk about all the good stuff. Uh, one thing I have, I, I pretty much nailed. I'm pretty proud of myself too. Um, Oh, hold on. I had a sip of coffee. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it right in the mic for you, too. I'm kidding. You wouldn't want to hear all the slurping. Um, I slurp because I have a mustache and it's a big, wide mouth cup. Uh, it helps. Anyways, so I've, I've basically nailed showering. I figured it out. I figured out the the what I think is not only the most economical way as far as hot water consumption, but also kind of the most uh, fulfilling and invigorating part of the shower, like to get all of the cycles of the shower. Um, first thing, I'm, I'm not I'm not a person who goes in and cranks. We have, we have a two knob shower, not a one knob shower. I know some of you people with one knob showers uh, where you have to adjust the hot and the cold and like a side to side swiveling motion and it has a two-way ball valve that meters the hot and cold into one pipe and like pre-mixes it for you that is a far subpar system to the two knob where you have independent amount of flow of hot and cold and it meets after said nozzles so you can not only adjust kind of the level between the two but literally the amount of flow rate you want out of each and so I actually, uh, a lot of people go in and they just crank the hot and then have to turn up the cold a bunch to match it to find the level. I'm kind of the other way around. I'll get, I'll, I'll turn on the, the hot, but like to a quarter, probably maybe 30, 30%, a quarter, somewhere a third. Um, and the, the cold water a little bit and let it get going, but then I'll turn up the cold also to like a third. And there's a point and and you all will find this depending on your shower head and the amount of restrictors it has in the pipe and shit like that. Restrictor. Um, you, you'll find that the water 
doesn't get harder the more you turn it up after that. So I find no need to turn it up that far. I just, I get it right to the point where it's like maxed out at water pressure, terminal velocity of flow. And, and then I will get the water. So it's warm, but you know, that kind of warm where it's like barely warmer than your skin. If you're under it, you will feel the warmth from it, but it's not totally different than like the temperatures of your skin. And I'll get it right there. And that's where I'll hop in and do my the first part of my showering. I kind of like a a, a three step guy. I wash my face, my head, and my beard all in one because uh, it's all my head, and I have no hair, so it's just kind of all my head. Uh, and then I do a degrease scrub on my arms from work separately from my my body wash shit. Uh, and so, like, what I'll do is I'll get in and I'll scrub my arms, scrub my face, my hair, do all that stuff. Uh, start, you know, got to go top down first under this water, do all of my saturating under this warm water. And then I will go to do the body wash stage, grab my loofah, grab my soap, lather, get ready to do all that part. And as I'm doing that out, out from under the water, of course, because no one loofahs under the running water and just ruins all their suds. You know, that, that means psychopaths only do that. Um <clears throat> I'll turn down the cold water a little more and then I'll, it'll like start getting that nice warm temperature. And so after I've been standing out of the shower for a while out of it, you know, doing my whole lather and everything, uh, then when you get back under, it's this f wonderful rush of, um, oh, I forgot I put in a beard conditioner before I do the lather. So you do all that and then I will get out or get in oh, and that rinse off of like the, the, the full body every in the warm water is the first time after all this in the water and you've been doing it already, which hasn't been like great, but you get that little kiss of just hot water and you're like, Oh, and you just let it just like relax you. And then as you're doing like the fun, everybody does the rinse off and then another final like rinse off. I start gradually turning down the hot water and I'll go, now the, the the cold water has been set from the warmth and so I'll gradually start turning down the hot water and it'll get a little cooler and I'm rinse it off and get a little cooler and rinse it off and get a little cooler and rinse it off and I'll always turn that hot water all the way off and stand there and wait for the cold water to push through and cool the pipes down and I will stand it as long as I can, boom, right off, right into a warm towel. And it is like the, it, it's, it's the best it's, it is, it doesn't get any better. I mean, some of you may argue it, it gets far better if you just crank that warmth all the time. Um, and just, just sit in a, a sauna of a shower, which I know a lot of people are tend to do. Um, I used to be one of those people, long, hot showers. And, uh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't find it necessary anymore. That's kind of what I think about it now. I don't know, something like that. Um, what else is new? Ooh, I, I may have said this before on the podcast. I don't know, but. Uh, Lemon Oreos are the shit. They are 
everything that's good about an Oreo, but none of the chocolate and just no basic ass cream. It's great cookie with lemon cream and the cookie is even lemon itself. And it is just a, oh, it's so good. And then I have, then you dip it in coffee. So it, not too long, so it gets super soggy, but just enough to basically saturate the bread just a little bit. And it turns like half crunch, half just wonder. Mm. That's kind of become my guilty pleasure. Um, because we got some big news here in the household. Um, we're going to be moving. That's right, everybody. Moving. The dreaded M word. And, um, oh, I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. There's one thing about moving. You know, <laughs> a guy like me. <laughs> oh, she, she hated the moving truck, she said. Oh, it's too big, she said. You wouldn't ride in it. I'm trying to do my best, Rodney. Um. Oh, it's my luck, I tell you. It's in there. It's coming. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, got to find a place. Nine years been in this house since we moved in to Portland. Nine years ago. This has been the domicile. It's been the place. This is where the memories have been made. Bands have come and gone through this house. They've been forged in this house, and they've been broken up in this house. You know... It, so many roommates, so many good times, some sad times, you know, we brought a, a, a puppy into this house and we had to say goodbye to him in this house. Had to, uh, do it, man, it's been a lot and, and it's, and it's, and it's been pretty cool too. Cause you know, we've, we've got, it, it really has turned into, into our own and, and we're sitting here and we look at everything we have on the walls and and just kind of that that feel, you know, it's so familiar. Um and it and it just and now we gotta start new and that's cool too, you know. A new place, a new uh a new thing and 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 the memories that we'll build in it are you know, start completely fresh. Just Beth and I, you know. It's uh Everything in this house is there's a part of everybody who's been here and, you know, has all of that tied into it. And while it feels like home, there's there's just a point where it doesn't quite feel like out, like just ours, you know, it, I don't know. Is that weird to think? Um, Mama, I'm coming home, 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 um, not all the way home, but stay here in Portland, We're not moving out of Portland. We're going to stay here. Find another thing close. You know, we got too much going on, man. Lives, friends, bands, things. Uh, so it's kind of exciting, but that's going to be big. So we've been packaging, kind of consolidating some stuff, you know, starting to get organized for where we want to take it, what we want to do. Uh, so with 2023 and everything else, trying to, you know, focus our lives, we're going to be moving. We have to kind of consolidate everything. What a cool thing to do. Um, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, the couple things I want to really focus on is like not bullshitting with myself so much, 
bargaining with myself to get out of things that I need to do that I just <sighs> dread. I don't know why. I mean, even even doing this episode, you know, I told myself, man, I'm going to do a first ep- first episode of uh, episode of the year, and I'm going to do one every week, and it's already the tenth, and I didn't do one yet, and so I I've kept forcing myself to do it, and it's like. I always found some little excuse, some other thing to do that was prevailing and important. Uh, but I can't. I can't let myself down. I, you know, I need to get back to. I'm going to start doing poetry again all the time. I got some, you know, new poems every week. Um. Yeah, skits, all that good stuff. Lots of guests. I'm going to try and get a, a very full year this year of cool guests. You guys can hear some cool stuff. I'm uh, I'm gonna do something that I I am. Uh, you know, I I know I've mentioned a bunch of times. You can go back and listen to quite a few episodes where I do talk about it. Um, but I there's a a very large kind of uh, right below a murking alligator eyes just barely above the surface uh, activism. Uh separation of church and state kind of thing uh, that I'm, I'm passionate about and I don't talk about it enough. And I've kind of become convinced through other conversations I've heard and listened to philosophy and uh, debates and, and just reason uh, conversations around reason and um, out effective altruism and uh, you know, trying to get, uh, a really solid foundation of, uh, you know, for my more, for my morals, for my grounding, for the, the, the type of things I, I, I care about, I ought to care about. Um, and real, you know, having to do the kind of the realization, the work around, uh, if I care about it, why aren't I spending any time promoting it? You know, getting a voice out there, another one for combating bad ideas with good ideas. And if I, if I consume so much of this content and I have a voice and I have a place to put it, why aren't I doing more of it? Why aren't I being part of the change I wish to see in the world? So, so I'm going to work on that this, this year as well. I'm going to, uh, I have some ideas lined up and reaching out to a few people who are in the activism spheres, in the uh, atheist movement spheres, in the, uh, you know, equality uh, activism work. I'm going to be delving into that and, and, and trying to get great conversations happening in here around that. Um, I want to open it up to uh, really talking about the things I'm passionate about, the things that I find reprehensible that are still being fought about. Um, so, yay, you can uh, hear me wax on and on poetically about all of the wonderful things uh, that I find wrong in the world that need changing. Yeah. What a, what a guy, huh? I'm, I don't know, man. It, it's something I'm trying to work on. 
uh, trying to be funny, trying to cultivate, uh, cultivate a, a, a mind around good humor. I'm trying to write a lot. Uh, yeah, it should be good. It should be good. What's new with all you? Have you done anything to uh, set a goal for yourself to change this year to work on? If not, I I hope it's because you don't you don't think there's anything pressing enough to need to work on. You know, I hope it's it's out of a place of comfort, not out of a place of denial. That's where I've been, 2022-2021, trying to trying to do my best in a place of denial that I wasn't allowing myself to move past to make actually allow myself to perform at my best. Uh, you know, I, I in 2022 I did a lot of stuff, made a lot of music, made video, music videos, uh, did a lot of outwardly creative things for my my groups, my band, my partners. Uh, and the one thing I didn't really do was just do personal art for me. This podcast is one of those things. Um, I didn't spend nearly enough time practicing my bass as I should have this last year. Um, I didn't spend enough time... Um, Uh, enough time allowing myself to be okay with the pace, you know, not having, uh, not blocking myself from actually succeeding by worrying about how much I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to work on making that something this year that I work on. Oops. Oh, I'm sitting at a bad angle. I've been holding my bass for too long. I'll give that to you one more time. Yeah. All right. Bass down. Get real, Aaron. Focus. You have a podcast to do. Can't be just a nerd who sits in his room and noodles on his bass to people listening. All thousands of you. No, not really thousands. I wish. You know, maybe if I was consistent, maybe if I uh, didn't flounder so much and whimsy and wax around and uh, got right to the point you know that would be good I'll get right to the point I'll tell you I'll tell you what the point is the point is lemon Oreos in dipped in coffee are damn damn good they really are mm. what else is new oh yeah I don't think I like football anymore. It's weird. 
I've been a football fan for as long as I can remember. I mean, definitely like eight, nine, ten years old, you know, somewhere right in that range. Uh, definitely been a football fan that long. And I don't know what it was this year. I started the year, watched all the preseason, watched a few of the games, watched the Packers play, was keeping up with stuff. And I, I just found myself coming into October, November, December, November, December, really. And it just kind of like, just didn't become a, I lost the priority to it. And then like, I didn't really follow it. I probably only watched six, six actual football games all year. Um, and two of those were the last couple games of the regular season, watching the Packers kind of go on their little run there and then lose gracefully and fucking stupidly to Detroit. And they lost and I kind of went, do I even care about the postseason? I mean, I, what, why did I come finish this off? You know, is it out of like a yearning for maybe tradition or uh, a hope that just sitting there and watching it will kind of reinvigorate my passion I had for once watching it? Um, am I, am I like, am I depressed and I'm not finding joy in the things I should be because I'm not dealing with something? You know, I don't know what it is. I don't feel depressed. I still love all my other shit. I still love baking shows, still love playing bass, still love comedy, still love, you know, fucking soccer highlights. Um, fuck, I, I still love basketball. You know, to the same extent that I have, I'm not like a super giant basketball fan in the in in the first place. Like, as someone who follows the seasons, you know, follows all the teams and this you like that shit. But I enjoy basketball. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I would like watching fucking disc golf is almost more exciting than watching football. It's crazy to me now. Like it's, <laughs> it's wild. So I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna see kind of what happens next year. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm watching the playoffs. I, I mean, unless some cool, unforeseen teams end up in the Super Bowl, I probably won't care much or watch it um watch a lot of ufc you know care about that super into bodybuilding that's cool uh a lot of you might find that really weird uh but that's cool that's one thing i've been paying a lot even though i'm not a bodybuilder it's just fascinating it's it's like a psychological study on body dysmorphia and it's it's, it's just fascinating um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, I think that this year has a, a the way to turn out and be pretty cool. You know, I gotta be kind, kind to myself, more kind to myself than I have been the last couple of years. Um, what am I trying to say? I didn't come here just to vent. I, uh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to read a poem. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a poem that I wrote. Uh, I wanted to write 
a uh, kind of a nonsensical poem. I like the nonsense shit. And I wanted to write about like, I kind of had like the idea of twisting like a Winnie the Pooh type bear who lives in just like a, a magical land. You know. Uh, anyway, so I don't know what I'm going to call it. Maybe like feast or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's anyway, in a land of jello mold lived a bear that was so bold. He ate the jello with such glee and sang a song of wibble wobble constantly. The jello mold began to sway. The bear's song got louder, and hey, the jello shook with such force, the bear was thrown on his posterior. He landed in a field of cream, where cows did nothing but dream. They dreamt of cheese and butter too, but mostly of the bear in cream-colored hue. The bear got up and danced a jig, while the cows mooed and pranced and twigged. They formed a line and spelled the word FEAST in big letters, it could be heard. And so the bear ate his fill, and danced until he got his fill. And when he was done, he gave a roar. This delicious land, I'll come back once more. That was, uh, that was about a, a bear. And I hope you all enjoyed that. I, um, hmm, ooh, I, d I learned something really fucking cool, you guys may, may find it cool, you may not find it cool, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway, uh, I am fascinated by evolution, by human evolution, by, by all, all animal evolution, um, but primarily, like superhuman, our, our our lineage, um, and there was a discovery, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, something like that, when it was published, of the discovery of what seems to be a part of our lineage, part of the human evolutionary tree. Um, they they dubbed it Homo naledi. Just like Homo sapiens, Homo is a genus, so Homo naledi, like Homo sapien, Homo erectus, Homo uh, florensis, um, all of those. So this is was found in caves in Central Africa, a cave system, and where these remains were found, and it was just a couple, it was 18 complete almost complete specimens um, a couple very near complete um, lots of skulls lots of jaw bones lots of you know rib cages femurs hips um, feet all, all hands all the good stuff you need to judge uh, judge it judge it's where it came from you know it's fossils so this was in a cave that, in, in a part of the cave system. So imagine walking in a cave, that cave narrows, goes through a little tiny thing, opens up to another cavern, down through more into another cavern, into another cavern. And this one was one of the furthest back caverns that it, this chain system went. 
and it was in an incredibly tight um, squeeze to fit in there. Most average sized humans cannot cannot fit through this. Now that makes sense for the Homo naledi because they were very short in stature. They were probably three, three and a half feet tall. You know, uh, they had brain casings about half the size of our brain casings. Now they, they fit right between, um, the first kind of the, the transition between Australopithecus, which was far more ape-like and Homo erectus, which was a more human-like, uh, you know, the, the feet were different, uh, the hips, the, 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 the angle at which the legs come out and for, for, with their gait, the size of the rib cage, was it narrow and a little longer or short and stout? How wide were the, was the clavicles, uh, was the, the shape of the skull, was it slanted back off the brow or was it a little more upright? Um, and, and this fit right between those two, the, the, the way it, it had, human-like feet, homo feet. It had, um, its hips were homo-like, its hands were homo-like, yet, it, or no, sorry, its it, its feet were, ho- were homo-like, its rib cage and its hands, arm structure like that. Its hips were still Australopithecus. Um, the way its spine looked was still Australopithecus-like. Its skull was still Australopithecus-like. So, it had Ostra signs and Homo signs all in the middle. It definitely walked far more upright with a more of a, a, a human-like gait than Australopithecus did. Now, Australopithecus was around, oh, 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 one other thing. <laughs> from, from dating in the area around there where sediments remain, stuff like that, they could tell by, uh, obviously no tracks or anything like that, that, that no one had been in that cave. It, it, it that had probably been there unseen for 200,000 years, which is inc- incredible. Um, all of these bodies were buried. They weren't just, it's not like they went in there and, and, and like, you know, cataclysmic cataclysmic things killed them. They were buried. Not only were they buried, but where they found them in sediment, they were buried at different times. So these Homo naledi were able to, were using these caves, getting far back in there where things much bigger than them couldn't go, and burying their dead. There was males in there, there was females in there, there was young, there was old. They found some without teeth, but they but they weren't like they like they died and the teeth fell out. They were alive when the teeth were gone and they were cared for. Australopithecus was around eh, two and a half million years ago, somewhere in that range. Homo erectus, probably one and a half million years ago is when we saw them. Um, it to start, you know, those far vary, I'm sure that they're not completely accurate. This is off the top of my head. Um, and then they dated the area from where the Homo naledi were. They dated the bones and they were anywhere from 
320 to 250,000 years ago. Again, they were they are morphologically a something of a transition between Australopithecus and Homo erectus, which is two million years ago, but they are from 250,000, 300,000 years ago, which is at the exact time when Homo sapiens, us humans, were around and kicking. Neanderthals were around and kicking. Denisovans were around and kicking. Full, full-fledged, big-brained fucking humans, man. We were there. And these little guys were there. And then they explored. They found out this cave system was far larger. So they went to other entrances, you know, somewhere up 30, 40, 50 miles away from this one, but all part of the same cave system. And then they started having, knowing they should probably go back and check further deep caverns. Well, guess what? They find more burial grounds, more Naledi, further back. And then they, one of the guys was sitting there and they're like, oh man, so we have Homo Naledi all through this cave system. The head archaeologist of the, of the discovery goes down into the caves and he's sitting there just looking around at stuff going, man, what is going on? And he looks up and on the roof of the cave is soot from a fire. And they go, what? And it would, it hadn't been disturbed in a hundred, 200,000 years. And it was still on the ceiling. So they start looking around. They they look up and they find more evidence in more spots on the roofs of these caves where fires were burned. So they start searching around the areas where they find the remains of the soot on the ceilings. And they find hearths. Hearths. They find areas where they obviously made them just for warmth. They find areas with cooking. They found animal remains bone remains and all of the cooking was done in separate rooms in the cave system from where they buried them so so they were small primitive future humans in the evolutionary tree they were never going to become humans they were homo naledi they were their they were their species but they were what you would find expect to see in the the chain of the fossil record two million years ago yet they were around two hundred thousand years ago so it rains it, it it raises a lot of questions these small mammals ape-like guys small apes i guess they were kind of apes i think um were burying their dead. They were living communally. They were they had harvested fire, yet their brains were half the size of ours and their brain casings, their their skulls resembled Australopiths, which we we barely even think that a brain like that could have 
true tool use and understanding of tool use, let alone harvesting fire and caring for their young. And, (coughs) you know, the other questions raise up. Well, where did they come from? Were they a branch of our evolutionary tree that when Australopiths and their species were evolving over a million years into Homo erectus, were they one of the offshoots of that that was Homo naledi? Some of the Homo naledi became Homo erectus, and other Homo naledi stayed Homo naledi, and then they lived for two million years million and a half years alongside the full evolutionary scale of the rest of humankind? Or were they an evolutionary change, a second time of evolution happening in a species, following the same chain as Australopiths did two million years ago, on their own from a, another ancestor that branched and s- survived that long. And it was just, uh, pr- you know, uh, environmental pressure that, that stunted the evolution. And the, the, the crazy thing to me is that that seems far more likely. What's more than likely is when Homo naledi was a species two million years ago, an offshoot of them stayed Homo naledi and they went somewhere with what the environment didn't, necessitate their evolution past that state they were fit for their environment it didn't require more evolution where wherever the other offshoot of them went they were not fit and they required to keep evolving then where did they learn fire because we think that we harnessed fire and did that stuff be from the necessity to keep feeding our growing brains because they kept growing but they theirs didn't. So they, <clears throat> you know, did they evolve? Did did they figure out fire all on all on their own? Were they caring for their dead and stuff on their own? You know what? Were Australopithecus doing that too? And we just don't have evidence for it because it was two million years ago. Do we? Can we? Can we honestly say that maybe society? Societies go back that far. Culture goes back that that far. Millions of years, you know, not hundreds of thousands of years. It, you know, did they, did they live alongside humans and humans understood, you know, Homo sapiens, not hum, <laughs> Homo sapiens understood, you know, Neanderthal, all of our different clades of us as we approached what we are modern today as did they just live alongside these guys and understand that like, Hey, they're, they're, they're like us too. They're just a weird kin of ours and they protected them. Maybe they kept them, uh, safe. Did they teach, you know, did, did these homo naledi pick up on caring for their elderly and burying their dead as a kind of a ritual to mimic what humans were doing at 200,000 years ago. Obviously we had fire at that point. So did 
humans teach Homo naledi fire? Did Homo naledi watch humans do it and learn it themselves? It is entirely remarkable. There is a great YouTube channel, um, Gutsick Gibbon. She is a evolutionary paleontologist or evo- something like that. Evolutionary paleontologist or paleontology biologist evolution something she's she's amazing guts it given on youtube and she did a fantastic video on just the the all of the intricacies of homo naledi and she reads the paper and goes through all of that stuff and and it, it is just fantastic things in just the the complexity in the tree of of humans and how we got here and and you know how it 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 clarifies things that that at one time seemed so remarkable that it's no longer it 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 is dispelling curiosities about some of the things that seem so abstract on why our brains work the way they do and it 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 just highlights it, it i i find it i find it insane I find it fucking wonderful. Um, all right, I'm going to give you another poem. This one's about an octopus. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, not all, not all octopuses, octopi, have good days. But if they just push through long enough, they can live to have another day and it could be another good day. So here's a story about an octopus. An octopus with tentacles eight once swam in the sea so full of fate, but alas, his luck did not align for misfortune was his lot and sign. He was born beneath the wave so blue with ink and camouflage to see him through, but fate had other plans in store and gave him troubles to deplore. He lost his arm in a hunter's trap, and found his lair in a ship's old scrap. His brothers and sisters they did mock, for they knew that he would not come out on top. He swam and swam in search of food, but the pickings were slim and his moods were subdued. He couldn't catch the fish that swam so fast, and so he knew his luck had passed. But one day, as he swam so low, he came across a ship aglow. With a cargo of food, ripe and sweet, he knew his luck had, f- had finally been replete. He ate and ate till he couldn't no more, and then he knew that he was the lucky, the l- he was a lucky octopus once more. With a stomach, or with a full stomach and his strength regained, he swam away, no longer pained. His tentacles did wave and sway as he swam off to live another day. The octopus. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Some whimsical musings of my brain trying to just get words on a page and rhyme hard words that I had to look up in a thesaurus and a dictionary. So I didn't want to be boring. Or I let that Oreo sit in that coffee too long. It was way too mushy. Um, I hope you guys have a kick-ass New Year's 2023. I hope it prospers. I hope you 
accomplish goals. I hope you find time to be happy. I hope you uh, I hope I hope if any of you deal with being hard on yourselves, uh, not liking yourselves, insecurities, realize that you don't deserve to treat yourself that way because you would never want to treat anyone else that way. The things that we say in our own heads, we would never say out loud to other people. And there's, there's nothing that is so much our fault that we deserve that. So I'm working on it. I'm trying to steer that ship into a, a calm patch in the sea. And I, I urge you all to find that thing and, and latch onto it. Latch onto it. Do it for you. Do, do, just, just do it. Like Nike. Just do it. I love you all. Have a happy new year. Uh, and I will see you all next time. Travel like you know each other.